Test one, two, three. Why on earth would anyone ever collect space wolves? Welcome, mighty listeners, to the ninth episode of the Two Ps. Another world awaits. Many space marines on their way to battle might contemplate their role, raise praise to the emperor, or discuss strategy with their colleagues. Colleagues? Battle brothers, perhaps. But we discuss our war games. How are you this evening, Ben? I'm very well. How are you? I'm stupidly excited this evening, Ben. I've, just, I've done some hobby before we started um, on my Hellbrutes, and now I'm just like, oh my goodness. Hobby is Are you going to tell people what we're going to talk about? I am. So on today's episode, we discuss the my evil twin from last episode and the bedlam he has caused. Um, <laughs> ben has built more of his lemon space walls. Sorry, guys, but this happened. Um, I haven't. You have! You've been working on your Thunderwolves. I've painted painted Space Wolves. Potato, potato. (laughs) The Astra Militarum are upon us, so we've got a little bit to say about that. Necromunda preparations continue, finally unleashing Ben to talk about that. We look at Firestorm and a a rather divisive thing that's blown up around the the Firestorm campaign um, in Age of Sigmar. Um... And then Ben has been and visited TT Combat. We've got an interview from them. That's quite interesting. And finally, more about Fallout. So, guys, we're glad you're with us. Thank you for listening. Grab a drink, settle back, and enjoy. Welcome back, guys. Um, and we're on the hobby desk to have a chat about what I've been getting up to for the last um, two weeks. No one cares what Dan's been getting up to. It doesn't matter because uh, apparently his uh, alter ego was here last week, so we don't really know what he's up to half the time. <laughs> There's tears rolling down my face about your insulting comments. Is there? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would imply I give a damn what you think, sir. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh! Right. Burned. So, so yeah, my you're alter painting ego. corn again. Well, uh, <laughs> you're no, painting corn no, again. I want to make this very clear for the listeners. Right. I have always collected. Last week, I sat down to record the podcast and some lunatic came in, belted me over the head, dragged <laughs> me outside, took over and said something about collecting Eldar. Yeah. And what, what was that about? I think that was sanity taking over. No, no. Yeah. So, and there are a few Eldars sat on the shelf here, painted green. It's very strange occurrence. <laughs> very strange. And a few more just off to the side that are ready to be built. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But in more important news, um, my uh, forge fiends are almost done. I've constructed yeah. them now. They're fully together. So uh, Captain Subassembly has gone to bed and uh, they are now put together so just got a bit of silver and um bone to finish off on those and then the bases ben and then they're done excellent and they do look good thank you and uh i've i've been looking through my um enhanced edition of the codex chaos space marines on uh on my ipad that i decided to get and i've uncovered a few stratagems that i'm going to be using with those guys so looking forward to getting them in a battle to be honest mate yeah, yeah. 
burn uh, some uh, imperialists. It'd be good for you to get some um, some heavy support, really, because your army, when I played it and when I've read about your games, it's been, all have been about pushing forward and getting into close Let, combat. Let's be honest, it's been a catalogue of disasters. <laughs> <laughs> it's so shocking. I just... So, yeah, it'll be nice to have something a bit different to play with. Um, the fact, you know, have some ranged weaponry to use. I accidentally, I was walking past Games Workshop and then I looked down and I had a bag in my hand and in it was a Helldrake. Um, no, no recollection whatsoever as to how that's happened. No, it's the same person who collects Elder. It must be. It must be. It must be. You need to see so, a doctor about that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> But the trouble is, dude, you're a doctor, so I'd just see you and you'd be like, buy more hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've got a Helldrake, which um, if I can put up with painting any more brass trim, I intend yeah. to add into the army as well. But that'll give you some some really good mobility around the battlefield. Yeah, um, it'll mix it up a bit. Um, and I need to... I was even considering the other day, I mean, I love my rhinos, but there's so many points now. Yes, so many, are. you know, 80 plus points for a rhino. They are really, really fast. But yeah, they'll have to. You're forgetting uh, how many games those rhinos have won you, though, dude. My own, the only ones. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, and also, it's interesting, though, because um, I don't know, I might have mentioned it on the last episode, but one of the things that's come to light is looking at the Legion special rules. Um, in the Chaos Codex. So you've got yeah. the World Eaters Legion get plus one attack when they charge from the Butcher's Nails. And yep. obviously I've got I've got what appear to be World Eaters, but I'm here to say they might well be just Renegades because Renegades get to advance and charge, uh. which is, in my opinion, a, a, a stronger ability because the trouble with plus one attack when you charge is it's no good if you're lying dead with a bolt shell in you. Um Whereas yeah. being able to advance and charge, so like the rhinos, move 12, add a d6 to that, and then charge. That's pretty yeah. awesome to get yeah. them as far across the table as possible. So the only issue is that would mean they'd be renegades as opposed to legionaries. So what I have to think of is a loyalist chapter that like combat and a quite oh, bestial to base don't. my renegades off. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I really don't know where I'm going with this, <laughs> Ben, but um, I, I wondered if you had any thoughts. <laughs> I, I do, yeah. and none of them are polite. <laughs> <laughs> it involves a petrol can and a lighter. <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> So, and then of course, when um, Wolf and Russ returns, he can lead my force. Oh, dude, are you going to carry on like this all night? Because I'll just go home. <laughs> <laughs> you are home, you fool. <laughs> well, yeah. So I'm loving. Do you know what? If 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 you did it well, if you did it well, I, I'd probably be okay with it. I'd curse you as a heretic every time I saw it, but. Uh... Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't do it because what would happen is I'd buy a box of space wolves to use the bits and just end up building a space wolf army because <laughs> they're cool. So, um, so yes, happy to announce that corn red is firmly back on the painting table. Um, and uh, for those that have a small tear 
for the fate of my Eldar force. Um, don't worry, I'm still doing it. I've got some custom transfers on the way from Fallout Hobbies. Um, so that project's just going to move a little bit slower. Um, and that was really cool because you just sketched a random design on a piece of paper and they they turned it into something really cool. Yeah, they, that they was they did, it. didn't they? Yeah, I was really pleased. Um, so, so they really do mean if you sketch it on a napkin, we'll make it into a transfer. Yeah. They, yeah, <laughs> they do they mean do. that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I um I took the design from a from a transfer sheet. I basically overlaid a couple that I liked. Yeah. Um, the infinity symbol of the infinity circuit and yeah. the um sword of Cain. Yeah. I like the idea of the you know if the infinity circuit is cloaked is is like cut by the sword of cane that's like the final death um or yes, the final yeah. ending and you mentioned you thought it looked like you know infinite war so yeah. both quite cool and um and as i say as we set, i sent it off to them and they just sketched it out so that's i got shipping confirmation today so that's on the way and that's coming with a bunch of the stencils that they do as well um, oh yeah for various yeah. things there's just a few i've wanted for a while so Pick I'm up. really loving stencils on Elder Armies. There was a there was a Harlequin army on Twitter um, in black and white checks. Uh, it's just so good. Um, yes. I think it was probably done with a stencil. If it wasn't done with a stencil, then the dude who did it is insane. But the vehicles <laughs> just look stunning. They really did. They looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So lots going on hobby wise, really. I suppose. Um, yeah. What about you then? You, I know you've been painting because i've been seeing pictures and updates and yeah so i got um i got uh my wolves finished um to play andy from sustained fire um really liked doing those thought they weren't going to take very long and ended up going round in circles with them trying to get them how i wanted them to look and so they ended up taking me a lot longer than i thought is where i'm going but i need to find a quicker way of doing it and um Actually, while I was at Games Workshop Plymouth, Mike Fines, one of the staff members there, showed me his walls. Um, a mixture of dry brushing and washes, and they looked absolutely fab. So half inclined to steal that technique and do them on a few, because I think a, a space will farm me without walls. It just looks a little bit empty. Um, yeah, totally agree, mate. And just obviously, because I know you've got a game in. Um, yes. And what's yeah. Andy's army? Uh, Iron Warriors. So Chaos. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he and ran, and, ran... and how did that game go? I got tranced, fella. <laughs> uh, absolutely smashed. Yeah, that it's, is uh... a shame to hear. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you, cut up about it. But um, uh, I'm gutted. In fact, it was a great game. It was a great game. Um, got just got handed by the decimator engine right from turn one, and that was my heavy guns gone. And um, that ability oh, to deal ranged mortal wounds is insane. Um, it's difficult to know how to deal with it, to be honest. Mm. And because it's a demon engine, it regenerates one wound every turn. Mm. So <laughs> you've really got to hit it hard and hit it fast. And I didn't have, once you'd taken out my long fangs, I didn't have anything that could do that. So no. I'm thinking of adding something heavier in, like a dreadnought or a predator or something like that. Uh, to to counteract that really, but yeah, that was a good game. Uh, his army is stunning as well, dude. His um his uh, Heldrake conversions made out of forge fiends are really really nice. Yes, yeah. I've seen them. They they are brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Um, and then secondly, after that, I've been working on my Thunderwolf cavalry. 
which has been really cool. Wait, wait, wait. Thunder, thunder, thunder wolves. Oh, my days. <laughs> well, you said you wouldn't do it, so. No, I said I wouldn't do it. And you've got to do it. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. If you were doing Celestial Lions, that would be even better. Oh, Mike Fines is doing Celestial Lions. Thundercats. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they look really good as well. He's used the uh, Liberator Gold Spray. Oh, that, really that nice. is... You mean Retributor Gold, don't you? Uh, that's it. <coughs> Retributor Gold Spray. I know it's um, £17 instead of £12, uh, but that's because what they do is they, they put real gold in big like lumps it's actually if you opened it it's just a, a lump a gold bar right um, and it breaks it down but it sprays so well <laughs> it's really cool it does I, I every time i've seen a model sprayed in it it's it's always come out smooth yeah the only metallic spray i've ever got was um uh, a kind of steel colored one from um army painter um yeah. and it didn't i wasn't massively impressed with it it was very waxy not Army paint is interesting because it is got. It, they're all of them are like um, primers, so yeah. they. You have got to be really careful. I tend to find two thin coats is much much better with Army Painter, yeah. if not yeah. three. Um, it's great because you get a really diverse range of colors, and I've got quite a lot of them um, of the Army Painter colors. But yeah, it, it is thicker. You have got to be careful with it. Yeah, yeah. The first models I sprayed with that were my Centurions for my own snakes, and I obscured a lot of the detail. Mm. It's a shame, really. But there we yeah. go. Um, so yeah, my Thunderwolf. I'm quite happy with how my Thunderwolves are coming on. Um, taking a lot longer than I hoped, but then I think I just really need to start re-estimating how long things will take me because <laughs> everything yeah. takes me a lot longer than I'd hope. Um, yeah, but the but results are they're awesome, aren't they? Really? Well, yeah. I think yeah, they're all right. Um, I've got 15 models after that left to paint for my, for my army, for the, uh, for the tournament. Well, I haven't, I've, I've, um, due to my, I don't know, being overcome with madness, um, around what army I was even taking, (laughs) I'm still, I'm still fiddling around with what, what I'm going to take. I'm now going to take my corn. Oh, okay. um, Yeah. This episode anyway, you know, see, see what, what that is next episode. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to take my corn, and goodness knows what's going to go in the list. Yeah, it, it's. I I think I need to get my land raider done because they. Oh yeah. They're although yeah. they're points heavy, they are absolutely awesome. And I think what the nice thing about the land raider is what it will do is it will fulfil part of the role that I wanted from my forge fiends, yeah, and yeah. part of the role from one of my rhinos. Yeah. So. Which means that what are they like three hundred odd points, Slam Raiders? Um, yeah. But within that, I'll get a couple of things, and I I've definitely got to get an aspiring. I don't know if it's called an aspiring champion actually. Um, but basically, there's there's another champion that lets you buff your guys in combat. Um, yeah. So I think a bit like the lieutenants. Yeah, a bit like the lieutenants. Um, yeah. But for corn. Well, no, not for corn, for chaos. Sorry, um, I'm just looking now to see if I can find him. Quick, Ben, filler. Do, 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 do. Oh, exalted champion. That's what he's called. Um, and the rule is, I 
think it's this Aspire to Glory. You can re-roll failed wound rolls in the fight phase for friendly Legion units that are within six inches of an Exalted Champion, where Legion is obviously replaced with either Renegades or any of the other ones. So re-roll to wounds? Re-roll to wounds. On a roll of one? No, just re-roll. Really? That's that's really powerful. Yeah. That's because they're awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to be salty about chaos. <laughs> and if he's targeting a character, he can re-roll fail rolls to hit. So that's hits and wounds. Oh, my Ooh. days. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, um, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so one of the cool things that's happened this week is um, I got invited to put my army onto Fedrisborn. Yes, very cool. Which I was really chuffed about. Um, so they've also said if I if I finish stuff, I can just send it off to them and they'll add it onto it. So um, yeah, there we go. That's quite cool. Happy with that. Yeah, I think that was awesome. You put a link to the blog, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool blog actually. It's um it's growing. Um, there used to be another one called Oh Space Wolf something. Um, that seemed to just disappear. That was packed full of stuff. Um, but Fenris Bourne seems to have taken over and uh, is attempting to drag together articles from across the internet um, that have been gone, lost to the time. I think it's a real shame when websites full of really awesome content just expire. Mm. I only need to get used to saving websites so that um, just in case that happens, because there's some awesome stuff out there. People putting their thoughts into paper or digitally. Um, it's a shame when it gets lost. Yes, like that, um, like that Tau army. Yeah, that I put. Yeah, really, really chuffed that I uh, that I saved those pictures because when I went to look for them again, they were gone. Mm. So <laughs> great. So cool. Uh, let's move on to um, the Galaxy of War. Absolutely. Right, guys. Make sure you're refreshed. We'll catch you soon. Welcome back, guys. We are now going off into the dark, far future. Um, joining us in the galaxy of war. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about. A couple of things Ben's very excited about. Necromunda, mate. I think oh, uh, mate. Yeah, is, is on the list, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it um, certainly is. But before, is. before we get into that, uh, so we now know, or well, people have known for a little while, we've got the... Astra Militarum or the Imperial Guard Codex um, this weekend is coming out. Yeah, is uh, what is it pre-order this weekend or is it out this weekend? I think it's out this weekend. Yeah. It is out this weekend, isn't it? Because yeah. it's on pre-order already. So, and Warhammer Community have been doing a series of articles all about the different regiments uh, that Ben and I have got rather excited about and been yes. um, <clears throat> ringing each other up about. Yeah, they're um, they're so characterful now, aren't they? The rules have really given each each regiment something different, something special. Yeah, it's nice to see that. It's it always is. nice to see that. And I, some of the things that they've done, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see how they balance it out because the Lehman Russ, mate, <laughs> it's just ridiculous now. It's absolutely ridiculous. Fire twice. <laughs> I am glad, though, because I do think it represents the Lehman Russ really well. Yeah, it does. But you wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that, would you? Like, I love the idea of that steady advance across the table. Yes. Yeah. Blasting stuff. 
Let's just hope that it's in the space with Codex too. <laughs> it, ought, it ought to be. It did used to be. It used to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Painted up in cool. space with colours. Punisher. Yeah, cannon. I'll give you that. It would be cool. Yeah. It would be cool. Might do that anyway, just for the fun. Well, why not? You can. It's got the Imperium keyword. It's yeah, true. <clears throat> true. Yeah. Um, I th- which is pretty cool. So that is good. I. I love some of those little conversions. The Savlar Chem Dogs, is it? Yes. They look great. And using a lot of the Gene Stealer bits, they're probably one of the more accessible ones. Well, the um, Gene Stealer Cult um, box set and the Mechanicum box set, the Scutario box set, I've heard rumours that they were designed specifically to be interchangeable. Oh, right. Yeah. So that you could, for this release, essentially. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I had heard that. Yeah, um, and, not, and not from a kind of random source either. So I think if they've done that, that's very, very cool. Yeah, that is cool. What I'd like to see now is those same components done on like smaller upgrade sprues. So you didn't have to buy all of that gene stealer heresy to upgrade your Imperial Guard. Well, there is a gene stealer upgrade sprue, isn't there? Yes. Gene cult one. Um, I don't know how many of the bits come on there. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, it depends, I suppose, how often you play in a games workshop. So yeah. I don't really, and and I don't I don't know what the setup is around the world. To be honest, uh, to my mind, games workshop are small places where general pickup games you don't do a great deal of. But then I suppose some people their hobby revolves around a vet's evening or a not. It's not they call it that now. Gaming night. Um, and therefore, using third-party parts wouldn't wouldn't be an option, which is a yeah. shame because there are some fantastic yeah. heads and guns oh. and Anvil Industries. <laughs> Anvil Industries regiment sets are um, are phenomenal. Yeah, they are phenomenal. They're, there's just about everything that you could possibly wish for to make whatever Imperial Guard regiment you could possibly think of. Yeah, um, <laughs> essentially, uh, I, I just. It's such a shame that Games Workshop haven't done something like that themselves, um, because it's one of the few armies where I think that to get the look of the regiments that I want, I, I would have to go to a third party to a third party vendor, really, yeah, yeah to, it, for it to be priced reasonably. Because if you think about, so if you think about the Gene Steelers and the Mechanicum box sets and them being interchangeable, that's great. That, that's, that's a really great idea, but. If you're an Imperial Guard player, there's going to be a lot of crap in those boxes you have no interest in whatsoever. Yeah, and most of the bit sites, all of the stuff's going to go because you won't be the only one. <laughs> no. And what um, do you do? Sell Gene Stealer arms on eBay? There's not going to be many takers for that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there's not. <laughs> so it's a bit of a shame in some ways. Unless, I would like do to you see. Think them... We'll see more? More regiments. Mm. Uh, I think, I think this year they've they've made a real push to move towards that three design team thing. So mm-hmm. whether or not it's been a model, or or it's been a product of some description that has come out for both forty k and Age of Sigma, pretty much all year. And I think Age of Sigma has has been sort of trucking along pretty well in the background considering the 40k 8th edition release was so big so it's a really good indicator and if the rumors are true that games workshop are going to buy more plastic casting machines 
then they'll be able to increase their output model-wise as well. And I really hope so, because they've got a lot of catching up to do, really. And there's a lot of people who who they're not fulfilling the needs for model-wise that I think are just crying out for new models. And um, I think what they're doing, if they, if if the rumours are true, if the AGM report that we read was true, and they are increasing production, I think that will answer that very, very nicely. So I really do hope to see Imperial Guard um, infantry sooner or later, yeah. preferably sooner. Um, and do you know what I really hope they do? I really hope they do a nice plastic Sisters of Battle box set just so I don't have to see another Sisters of Battle post. <laughs> <laughs> because it's practically daily. Um, and they just need to do that so that I can go to bed, I think. <laughs> so, uh, so I wonder, like, I've, I am sure that we will see some form of Sisters of Battle thing. Yes. I'm just really intrigued by what form it might take. Because... One of the things that was in that same report you mentioned was about wanting to attract a broader audience, or yes. more females, really. Yeah, essentially, um, yeah. So, to those of our listeners who are female, hello! Thank you for listening. That's really important, um, because everybody is welcome in the hobby, which is really good. And I hope Games Workshop do some of that, but I think it's how do they do sisters? Because one of the ways to do that is to make more female miniatures. Yep. Um but how do they do sisters in a way that's 40k but not i don't know over over the top or i yeah. suppose what i'm thinking about in my head is the redemptionist models yes and how they're really sexualized aren't they you mean the um not the redemptionist not the redemptionist the redempt what are they called the ones with the chainsaws yeah 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 no exactly what you mean um and unfortunately, a lot of the third-party models go down that route too. Um, yes. And I just think it's a bit stupid. For a modern battlefield, if you're running around in your underwear, you, you're going to get shot. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You are going to get shot, but then you look at the electro-priests and stuff. There, there's loads of stuff that doesn't make sense from that point of view, if you go down that point of view. Um, well, like Space Wolves riding wolves. Well, and, and also, <laughs> you know, if you think about tanks... And the modern battlefield now, yeah, you know, a tank, a, a, a bloke can run around with a missile launcher, which will leave nothing, nothing except maybe the engine block left of a modern tank. Um, yeah, so absolutely. In the forty-first millennium, it is mental. Um, you know, there are rough riders yeah. with horses, so it's not so much the the realism side of it. I just, it's just, it's a bit silly, silly. isn't it? It's just the same old stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, um. I'd like to see them tactical. I'd like to see them ornamental. Um, I'd like to see less high heels, more flat boots. Um, you, you, they wouldn't be sisters of battle without having a bodice, so that's cool. Um, I'd just like to see them done in the, in a kind of modern style. Yeah. Um, I think sisters of battle are what they are. What I'd like to see, and it's really cool to see, uh, female pictures artwork in the new, Imperial Guard Codex. There's artwork of um, female yeah. guardsmen, and I think they would sell. I really do. Yeah, which brings us neatly back to talking about the Imperial Guard. <laughs> does it, it does, yeah. So, does. yeah, hopefully we'll see some more regiments, and certainly, like you say, with the capacity increasing, maybe we will. Um, great to see the Lehman Russ. Be interesting once the book hits, because obviously there's a lot of, for those that follow social media, 
Um, there's a lot of talk about the guard being insane, um, but we'll see. We'll see when they get on the battlefield, really. Um, yeah, I, I mean, at the moment, if you take each of those little things in isolation, they they sound painful. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. Um, especially when you magnify it across an infantry army. So, like for example, the Vostroyans get an extra range. That could make a massive difference. Massive, massive difference. Yeah. If you've got like, if you've got like sixty guardsmen infantry, that that's a that's a lot of firepower. That's a lot of um, las gun shots to wade through before you get anywhere near them. I want them to bring back Praetorians personally. Yes. Yeah. That would be amazing. Or you could go to uh, you could go to Anvil Industries and they do a lovely Praetorian. Yes, that's all they do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Victorian miniatures do as well. Oh, Victoria! Oh, mate, don't get me started on them. I love the stuff that Victoria Miniatures put out. Um, yeah, particularly the gun carriages. Really like those. Um, yeah, yes, really good stuff. There's some great stuff out there if you want to create those things. And like we said, you just have to think about where you want to use your army. Um, yes, yeah. I d- I don't think that's as big a barrier as sometimes it appears because I just think Games Workshops, whilst they sort of other hub of the community from a sort of building your force and having someone to chat to and driving in new people maybe once you've moved into the realms where you're going to be using third party sites to build a force that's pretty unique you're in a place where ideally a gaming club or you know gaming group is the sort of thing where you'll get your hobby needs will be better fulfilled yeah not or not always possible but that's yeah when i lived um when I lived in Plymouth, the, the Games Workshop Vets Night was um, was all the hobby that I did. Yeah, that's that was yeah. where I went to game. But then you know maybe it was because I wasn't looking around enough. Maybe. But there we go. So um, net commander. Yeah, I was going to say, let's go on then. You are excited. So I suppose really there's quite a lot out there on the web, isn't there? Rumors wise. Um, yeah. No yeah, one there is a lot, started yeah. to get. It don't, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but I don't think anyone's started to get any boxes of it yet. It's not at that stage, is it? No. Um, no, it's not at that stage, no. So we haven't got definitive kind of, I've read the rules and this is what they say. There's a couple of people who've played intro games, like um, small playing two-gangers uh, intro games yeah. um, that are fed back what rules they've got. But then having said that, dude, when we went to Warhammer Fest and we played 8th edition in their intro game area, I could have been playing any edition. Frankly, <laughs> it could have been it could have been anything from second upwards. Yeah. It felt so, <laughs> it felt so generic. It was like, oh, roll this and roll that, and this is what happens. And as soon as you asked any questions that got into the grit of what the game actually was, with all due respect to the chap who ran it through us, who was incredibly enthusiastic, he didn't know the answers. No, we we have um, covered that, haven't we? <laughs> I think. Um, we ended up gravitating towards one of the guys who wrote the rules and following him around in a non-weird way, <laughs> listening to what he was saying. Um, and we picked up a few really cool tidbits there, like, um, like the fact that you could move and fire with heavy weapons and you could move and fire and then charge with a heavy weapon. So I think I'm not too convinced that the intro games that have been played in Necromunda will be that, inc- you know, Good an idea, but so it's more about the personal preparation, isn't it? That because I know you've been yes, you 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 mentioned last time about the scenery. 
um, yeah. didn't you? So Yes. Yeah. So it's really interesting. It sounds like the first ball, we know the first box set is going to come without three-dimensional scenery. It's going to have the tiles to play in a two-dimensional way. And it sounds as if the game design has been made specifically to do that. So you can have two-dimensional play and three-dimensional play. The idea being you will have sewer battles and tunnel fights, as well as uh, the the traditional Necromunda battles across industrial terrain. Um, I I don't think I can be completely clear on it, but it does sound, and I might have misread things because it can be... It's Chinese whispers, isn't it? But mm. it does sound as if you're activating one ganger at a time. Yeah, I, I using action points. Yeah, when you were reading out to me what what was on the net, it seemed like that, like a reaction game. Yeah, and there's going to be uh, sort of action cards and action points and really cool mechanics like ammo. I'd forgotten about ammo in Necromunda. And it's such a good mechanic that you could take, you can take those exotic weapons like bolt guns and plasma guns, but you, there is every chance you'll fire it once and that's it. <laughs> the rest of the game, <laughs> you're stuck with an auto pistol or your nail, your nail gun or something, or just a sharp pipe. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and yeah, I'm really, yeah, <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, it sounds like they've included a lot more mechanics about trading and things. Um, but still, I haven't really heard a good deal of solid information about what's going to happen with your gang progression. No. So, but um, it sounds as if they're making each individual ganger a little bit more of a thing. Yeah. Rather than the gang of a whole. So it, it talks about having gang member cards in the box set and then blank cards for you to make new gang members rather than a roster sheet. Um, so, Really excited to see more details about that. So, what what do you know? What gang you want to do? Like based on previously. Previously, I was Escher. Escher are now apparently the chem specialists, and they carry around vials of horrible concoctions that they've mixed up. So, um, yeah. So, but then having said that, and I think I've mentioned this before. I never liked the Goliath. I thought they looked stupid. You did. You said them the last one. But the new models look so good. <laughs> and I I got a feeling that there isn't going to be a single gang that is going to come out and I'm going to be completely... Oh, I don't like them. No, I don't um, think there will be somehow. What's really exciting is they're talking about that there's the potential. It sounds like there's the potential of exploring not only the hive itself, but moving into rules that you can use in the wasteland. Maybe opening up a bit of Gork and Walker kind of stuff. Um, and then there's this other hive, Hive Secundus, or I think it's Hive Secundus, where yeah. they tried to nuke it to try and collapse it to kill the Gene Stiller cult. Yeah. That's going to be a really cool place to explore. Uh, really excited about it. Yeah. And it sounds like they're fully embracing the, uh, the Armageddon scenery, which, um, <laughs> which will be That'll good. That would be lovely for, for you to build. Yeah. Good for Hendy Badger. He's bought so much of it. They could practically have just released it to him and made their money back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really exciting. That scenery is, is nice. Uh, we've talked about, we were talking about just before we came on air about how we're going to move on to talk about TT combat scenery later on, but the, it's just almost too much detail in some ways. Um, which sounds really bad because 
if it was too simple, I'd be sat here going, oh, I wish they didn't make it so simple. I wish there was more detail. <laughs> but um, it is really hard to clean it all up and get it to a nice finish um, in a decent, in a sensible amount of time. I think what's awesome is there's lots of choice out there now. Yes, there is. There's lots of so choice. So if you want that level of detail, then Games Workshop scenery is definitely for you. Yeah. Um, but if you're thinking, actually, either A, I, you know, I don't want to spend that much on my scenery collection or that either time or money, then there's there's definitely other options. It doesn't need to be a deal breaker. If you really no. want to get into a game, the fact that you've got to have look. So ne- when Inquisitor came out way back when. Um, oh, that was a nightmare for scenery. Absolute nightmare because it was just it was a different scale and all sorts wasn't it but you had to start from scratch you literally had to go away and start from scratch yes it's a nightmare yeah so and scenery was very much um a make or break on that whether you had it yes um as to whether you could play if you wanted to play that game and it's the same with necromunda um or it was because it is it is very different the scenery for necromunda and 40k and i think there's a, a lot of cross compatibility from necromunda to 40k so you can take a piece of your necromunda scenery and you can put it on a 40k board and it will look fantastic but if you took all of your 40k scenery and tried it has to be a very specific sort of 40k scenery to ram it into a 4x4 and make a decent necromunda board yes if you see what i mean yeah so it's almost worth just collecting a necromunda scenery set and then using it for 40k. <laughs> I suppose is where I'm going with that. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Um, but you can, you can get carried away with scenery. I think you can. Oh, of course. I, I know I could. Because I want a City Fight board, and I want a Necromunda board, and I want a Wood Elf board, and I want High Elf board, and I want a Goblin <laughs> so, so what I'd but, quite like is a warehouse to put all these boards in. Yes. I mean, how cool would that yeah. be? Yes, it would. It would Do you be think Carrot cool. would let me sell the house, get a little caravan, and put it next to <laughs> a giant warehouse? Um, when you ask her that, can I be there with a bag of popcorn? <laughs> 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 to be honest, I don't think it'd be a very long conversation. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm going to do Goliaths. Are you? Straight out of the box set? Yeah, and that's why. I, I always was quite excited by Van Saar before, and I'm sure there will be other gangs um, that come along. I might even see. I might see. Well, they've 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 talked about the release schedule being much much faster than it has been for Blood Bowl because Blood Bowl I think took them by surprise. I I really don't think that they expected the level of interest that they got for Blood Bowl because I think had they known that there was going to be that level of interest, they would have put more resources into it yeah and i think now they've done that they've learned from that necromunda they're ready um so you're going to get the whole lot very very quickly i think you'll i think you're probably going to look about a gang every two to three months yeah but even if you saw a gang every two to three months that's still what were there originally eight gangs uh yeah it must have been about that Plus a few extra. So you're still looking at a couple of years, aren't you? 
Yeah, so true enough. I want to do Goliath because I, I don't. I really hope this isn't another game. And this is one thing I'm going to try very hard with with Shadespire. When it comes out on the day of launch, I'm gonna. Well, the day before the launch, I'm gonna tidy up my painting desk, tidy everything away, whatever I'm working on project-wise, put it to one side. And then it's going to be about Shadespire. And then the same with Necromunda, because I bought Blood Bowl, and it's still in its sprues. And I bought it on the day it came out. Um, I want to strike while the iron's hot and get excited. So I don't want to be like, oh, well, I'll wait until Vansar come out. Because by the time they come out, something else will have come along. Um, And that's what I really like about the fact that you're already working on scenery for Necromunda. Because... You know, yeah. if you wait until the game comes out, then it's going to be a long time before you're playing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, yeah. And I haven't made any of those preparations yet, so I need to drive to your house, basically, to play Necromunda. <laughs> that, is a, that is a tragic crying shame. That is a shame, isn't it? <laughs> that is such a shame. Um, but, yeah, so that's why Goliaths, um, and I think they'll be quite quick and i think possibly somebody else will do escher up here um but we'll see we'll see how we'll see what comes out but i definitely want to do one of the gangs in the box quickly yes yeah i'm tempted i might even i'll see what comes in the box but i'll either go one or two ways i'll either get the box and then paint both gangs and have it like on the shelf so i can get it down and play it as a game yeah, or I yeah. might even see about get speaking to somebody and just splitting it in half because I'll probably want to get the rules digitally if they're available digitally. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I'll probably be more inclined to play the game on big battlefields rather than as a board. It depends. It depends yeah. on price yeah. point and all sorts of things, really. Yeah, I'm quite excited about having a setup where you've got the board as the sewers and then the three dimensional thing going on top. Yeah, that, that is very cool. And but, have little kind of sewage sewage entrances. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I like the idea of that. And then you can have, oh, in high in Hive Secundus, you can have gene sealers popping out and all sorts, couldn't you? Yeah, out of the sewers. Gives me a good 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 excuse to get my uh, death watch sorted as well. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Well, before we launch off into another. Um, thing now about death watch i think it's probably time to go visit the mortal realms mate yeah absolutely so guys thank you very much for listening we will soon be back in that crazy realm of mortals cheers guys <laughs> bye hi guys welcome back and we're into the mortal realms i've just uh chewed Dan's ear off for uh, cleaning up a model in the background in uh, Galaxy of War, so if you hear someone scratching away at the Imperial Space Marine, that would be Dan. Then uh, Ben hasn't done his editing well enough. <laughs> Whoa! <Ooh>. So, <laughs> Sorry, dude. Mortal Realms. More, oh, dude, Mortal Realms this time is so exciting, we've almost got too much to talk about. I know, we were making the list, weren't we, and it was just going on and on and on. <laughs> So, um, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with... Um, Firestorm. 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 So, Firestorm. Let's talk about that. How awesome is that? Yep. So, it's like it a grown-up sticker awesome. book. It is! <laughs> That's why it's so exciting. I hadn't realised. 
That is the perfect. Oh, yes. Do you know what I haven't done yet, which I'm now going to do um, when we finish recording, is stuck all the stickers on and taken them off again <laughs> in excitement. Do you know my daughter's oh, got a awesome. Peppa Pig sticker book that reminds me of it. It's exactly, really? it's exactly the same stuff, isn't it? So you're going to campaign across the realm of Peppa Pig instead of the Flame Scar Plateau. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, mate, it's so exciting. So um, I'm. what I really like is the fact you can do it for skirmish. So chap up here tom we featured his tanks a couple of times he is just getting going again into age of sigmar doing some stormcast doing some nice work on those but the nice thing is he'll be up and gaming pretty soon because we'll do skirmish over the flame scar plateau yeah yeah and we talked about it last time about how if you were building up your army you could run a skirmish campaign and then move it on to an army campaign be brilliant absolutely yeah, brilliant absolutely and what, what's really, really nice um, is the artwork and the stuff around the realms is all the stuff that I... It's why I love the realms yeah. and the vision of the realms. Um, the, the scale of some of it is insane. It's just, it's just mad. So, sorry, because I know you hate it when I make a load of noise in the background, but I'm just opening up the box. Now. I don't know. I don't mind you opening up the box and making noise. I have issue when you're scratching away at a model in the background. <laughs> <laughs> the Infinity Gears, yeah. So, oh my goodness. They are just so cool. Just massive, massive ancient workings that are just on a scale which could only be sustainable through magical magical means. Yeah. Um, the Caverns of Fulminax. So there's a chained... Um, fire elemental beast thing that is under a mountain. Yeah. And in ages past, the ancients harnessed his power to power this sort of beam weapon. Yeah. In fact, actually, they're featured on the front cover of the Firestorm book and then on the front of the box. You've got a picture of the gears, a picture of Fulminax, and a bit picture of these prismatic eye things. Yeah. And the whole campaign is around capturing those three strategic things because together they allow you to wield a weapon which basically creates a massive laser of death. Oh, cool. Um, which is pretty cool. So I... Up to four people, although you can buy more sets yeah. um, and put the maps next to each other and play with more. Yeah, yeah. Bit frustrating. Well, is it frustrating? It's not really frustrating, I suppose. But there's some cool little cards in, uh, little envelopes in there for you to keep your army's cards in. Oh, cool. Because you gather yeah. cards that do things. So, and obviously they recognise that people aren't going to just play a campaign in one go. It's me over time. But you need to write the name of your army on the card which would make it one use but there are ways around that obviously yes there are um, yeah there are it's really cool isn't it i think um i think one of the things i'm really excited about is that they started to explore the fact that there's humanity in other places other than um uh azir azir um those three cities really excite me um yeah and they made a big jump because they basically in um in that season of war that came out yeah yeah uh the, the campaign but everything had moved on by like a century yeah so loads of cities got created and there's some amazing cities there's that that um what's the main one called ben which one um hammerhound hammerhound yeah across between two different realms which i really like yeah yeah um and there are ones which are floating. It, yeah, it's great. 
And the fact that they've started to theme armies around those is is really cool because um, it gives a place for you to say, "Here's my this is where my dark elves are from," or um, whatever they're called now, and this is where my empire are from because this city has the empire feel and this city has the dwarf feel. I th- just yeah, really excited by that because it's starting to improve the framework which you can hang your armies off of um, because I think. As much as it's really good having a blank canvas, which is what Age of Sigma was in some ways, um, Alexander's Glitterscaven comments aren't unjustified because there will be paid people who go away and come up with the most bizarre stuff you could possibly imagine that for their army, where you're like, really? That, that's what you've chosen? To, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Each to their own. Um, but if you have a slightly clearer framework, then... Um, then I think you've got some sort of guidelines somewhere you can step off into the world a little bit easier. Yeah, and and also there's there's some fantastic miniatures. So witch elves, corsairs, yes, black guard, yeah, you know the uh, white lions. They're all fantastic miniatures. Yeah, that don't. It would be such a shame to see them go completely. So it's nice to see somewhere where they could be based. And actually, when Dan and I had finished our game um, that we'll talk about in a minute, um, we he had used some of my elves from my 8th edition elf army. Yeah. Um, high elf army to, to play his game. But when we got them out and we were looking at them, and then we got really excited about this idea of doing a force from the Tempest's Eye, um, and rebasing some of them and how you could mix in the sky cutters and the Lovren Sea Guard that were, that I call something else now, and do that for us. And then painting up some Stormcast Eternals to match that colour scheme. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was very exciting. But one of the cool things about the, the Dark Elf miniature range, and indeed the Wood Elf miniature range and the High Elf miniature range, is... Without the stigma attached to them of what they were, they can become something completely different. So, the the Dark Elf Covens, the Dark Coven Spearmen, if you don't paint them black and you paint them white, they don't look a great deal different from a High Elf. No, just a bit more spiky. Just a bit more spiky. If you got a um, white line of Trace and stuck him in darker colours, that he starts to take on a more sinister aspect. And I think that that's really cool, that the fact that you've taken those kind of preconceptions, that precognitive bias out of it, and you're saying, these are just elf models, do with them what you will. Bit of a shame that they're still painted in the same way as they were done for their previous armies, but you could really sort of start to explore how, you know, with a bit of a colour change and a bit of a mix-match between those sets, you can come up with something completely different, completely unique. Yeah, I... Agree. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, I do agree with you. And I think it's nice when you see that. Um, and that leads us on to talking a bit about the thing about army colour schemes. Oh, yeah. Um, that's come up. <laughs> so you made me aware just before we started recording of um, something you've seen doing the rounds about <clears throat> uh, a couple of lines in there about if you want to field an army from, for example, the Tempest Eye, all you need to do is paint them up in the scheme from. The Tempest Eye. Um, and then you mentioned that at some events, that's going to be enforced. So if you want to use those rules, you need to have an army that is themed in that way. Yep. That's, yeah. So have I, I've 
sum that up properly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, we can't be certain until the, the, those, um, event packs are released, but that seems to be the rumor going around here. So I couldn't really find any definitive guide on what the color schemes actually were for any of those places. So there are some examples of regiments that are from those cities. Yeah. But a regiment can have quite unique colorings. Yeah. So I think it's possibly being blown out of proportion, if I'm honest. Um, And I also think that it is, you know, it, it is a nice way... I don't know. Does it inspire people? See, what would be nice is to see, like, if you're going to do the Tempest Eye or Anvil Guard or wherever you're going to do Hammer Howl, that you do an army that looks like it's from there. And it's not just, oh, I've got some duff dwarves off eBay and I've got this and I've got that and I put them together, but I'm going to use these really powerful rules. I just wonder whether that rule will inspire... I suppose it's about it rewarding people that have put the effort in. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But then... I think the people that would put the effort in will do that anyway. Yeah. I'm not sure it will inspire those people that would literally just want the rules so they'll just cobble together anything. Um, I suppose people get a bit... They react emotionally because they feel like they're being told they have to do something. Yeah. And people don't like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah. I, that, that, I think, for me, I just, it's just not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's like Neve Black Talon. So Neve Black Talon, in her thing, said she always goes to war in I don't know whatever colours, didn't she? Yes, it does. The yeah. colours of, of I've seen loads of Neve Black Talons in other colours. Yeah. And if I turned up to a game and someone said I'm using Neve Black Talon, but she's actually Black Talon Neve, her twin sister, because she's in this <laughs> colour scheme, yeah, I'd yeah. be like, cool, no issue. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think um, when people see things like. Um, the camp, the, the idea that a tournament, they wouldn't be able to play their army in it. How many tournaments are going to have that strict enforcement? And really, how many people play in tournaments? And if you're going to play in a tournament, then um, it's always been about the rules which the guys that run it set down. It's always been about that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I do think, actually, the more I think on it now as we're talking, I, I think really it's in there as a way to try and reward people for taking the time yes to create an army and it it reminds me of a friend of mine in bristol gareth who we always used to laugh because he used to have what he called the brown marines they had no markings they were just marines painted in brown yeah and not just flat brown but brown with the shade and the reason they were brown marines is because they could turn up and they could be the blood angels or the ultramarines or whichever marines they wanted to be yeah yeah for access to the rules and I suppose that was a very open and honest approach yeah. to that kind of gaming, yeah. um, which is fine if if the rules are what you're looking for. And I suppose this way, what they're trying to say is, oh, actually, it'd be really cool if you, it would be nice to reward you for taking the time to create a themed army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 from that point of view, I understand it for the tournaments because, or certainly from the narrative events, Perhaps not so much from the tournaments, but certainly from the narrative events. I think it is important that people are rewarded for creating something that fits. Yes. Yeah. Because there is, I think there's a lot of um, imagination and creativity in the Age of Sigma community. Um, I mean, Oh, undoubtedly. I've seen some great stuff. I, I think so, um, 
a conversion of the Sister of Silence into um, Greatsword Unit using the Wanderer Heads. Oh, yeah. Fab. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. And it was it's such a clever conversion and so simple. Um, and there's nothing to say that you... Because things are so loose, because there's such a free blank canvas, you, you can do things like that. Um, and you're not going to get somebody come and say, "Oh, well, where do they come from? How do they fit into the rules? Uh, you can't have you can't have seven steam tanks because there's only six in the whole empire." Or, you know, <laughs> you know, so that was Martin, wasn't it? Martin Orlando on Twitter. Yes, it was. Yeah, that you was. You saw that? Yeah, well remembered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I think um I think there is a lot more, there's a lot of creativity in the Age of Sigma universe and um in the Age of Sigma community sorry and I think it is nice to reward people who spend a bit of time thinking about their armies and producing something cool. Yeah, it is. So, I, I re- talking about armies. <laughs> talking about armies. So mine's been to war again and um, and won, didn't it, Dan? It won. Tell me it won. No. I mean it's about time it did win. No, it didn't win. It, did. it didn't win and it was sad. Sad day. It was. It, I so I've already posted the game. Yeah, I think has it come out yet? I don't know. Yes, I it has scheduled it. Yeah, yes. So out. the game's out. Um, ba- basically, really powerful start. Insane. I, I had the murder host. I got basically four d six inches of extra movement before my first turn even began. Wow! By the end of my first hero phase, I should say. So I was right in. Dan's face, the face of his wanderers, but he did exactly what you should do. And he had a big line that I ran into because I had to, because they were in front of me, killed them. But then I was stood there in front of an awful lot of firepower and that firepower shot me a lot. So, <laughs> so he, he, used a, he used a twin battle line, did he? Yeah. So he did the twin battle line. So he had Very the good. front line of rubbishy spear dudes. And then behind that, he had some swords masters on one side my own swords masters cutting me down and um some wildwood rangers on the other side yeah and they did the counter charge thing um really effective uh yeah and that sort of blunted my attack and then he shot everything else to death because all of his units could get out of the way because the wanderer's ability is that you can redeploy them along board edges yeah um and their noble lets them redeploy along any board edge, so not just the one they're on. So they led you on a merry dance, did they? They led me on a merry dance, which saw us shaking hands at the beginning of turn three. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I found that with Age of Sigma, though. There's no faffing around. You, I don't tend to... It doesn't tend... Well, certainly in the games I've played anyway, I haven't ended up having the longer five-turn games. They Usually by the end of turn two or three, we know who's won. Which suits me, really, because I like to play after Joshua's gone to bed, which is about half seven. And um, I work in the post office, so I'm up early in the morning. So don't want to be playing for ages. No, <laughs> no. But I've gone back and a few people today have been making some really good suggestions on my new list. Um, looking at adding in big chunks of Blood Reavers, basically because it's just a lot of wounds on the table for not many points. Yeah. Um, 240 points i think for 40 models um got the blood secretor in there uh with the banner yep and he's part of the gore pilgrims so what will happen is my hope is that the scenery will be such i can put him somewhere where he can't be seen the three priests stand near him at the start of the game and 
he gets a plus six inches to the range of his two abilities, um, the loathsome sorcery and the, you know, make get plus one attack and immune to battle shock. Yep. For every priest, up to three of them within eight inches of him when he opens the portal. Yeah. Yeah. So straight away, the portal with the three priests is going to be a thirty-six inch bubble around him. Very which nice. Will cover a significant amount of the board. Yeah, it will. Um. But the interesting thing is, because the wording is, it's when he opens the portal, provided he doesn't end up needing to move and open the portal again, which he can't do in the same turn. And as I've already said, I'm not expecting the games to be long. Um, those priests can then move away and that thing still stays in place. So they're not pinned to him. Yeah. So uh, that's quite cool. And so, you know, you'll literally have to kill all 40 or all 80 Blood Reavers and then a couple of spawn planning to use the sacrifice power to take wounds off the spawn to generate blood tithe points and then if the spawn die as a result of that that's another blood tithe point all right um, yeah 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 so i've got three priests they'll be doing the ability on a four plus which is re-rollable so generate the blood tithe points quickly get up to the eight and then bring in a unit of 30 blood letters Ooh. um within nine inches of the enemy now the only thing there is so their bloodletters will have plus one to their charge so they'll have an eight inch charge it would be nice to squeeze in a oh blood stoker because if he could be in the vicinity he could whip them um and give them plus three so then they'll have plus four so they'll only be needing uh a five inch charge to get into combat yeah yeah. Uh and thirty blood letters is, is, is a powerhouse, to be honest. Um especially because if they're in range of that banner, which they should be, based on what I've just said, they'll be getting sixty attacks and fives and sixes will be mortal wounds. So that's twenty oh. mortal wounds on average. Um but that's all great theory. Um some really good suggestions around blood uh, blood warriors, which I'd not thought about so use it instead of taking the power which generates blood type points taking bronzed flesh which is plus one to your save yeah um and it can stack so i've got three priests obviously in match play ones fail so two of them on blood warriors mean you've got a, a unit with a two up save and two wounds apiece um That's and i've got a unit of 20 of them that is filth Two, yeah, two it's interesting because in, um, Age of Sigmar is filth. Yeah, well, I've been convinced that the infantry on the ground is never going to do anything, but um, I'm people are making me think otherwise. So, again, something else on the painting desk is there are fifty-eight blood reavers. <laughs> How did you fit four those on your painting board. desk? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, four more blood reavers. A mighty lord of corn, who I want to put in because he he. I is like a stunning him. model. It's an amazing model. I've got a version of him for my 40k army, so it'd be nice to have finally go back and actually paint the original. Yes. Um, but I'm going to give him um, some kind of crazy ability, which I, I can't remember the name of. But basically, he gets to double his attacks um, when he's fighting. And... But if he doesn't kill anyone, he turns into a Chaos Spawn. 
Uh, <laughs> well, that's why you, that's why you don't worship the chaos gods, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so turn yeah. you into a spawn if you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But he hits on threes, wounds on threes, has a minus one rend, d three damage. Oh, and then there's um there's a general ability. So so just for being the general, that allows him to re-roll failed rolls to hit. Yeah. And if you are wounded by his axe, he has the reality splitting axe. So basically, if you are wounded but you don't die, you roll a dice for each wound, and on a five, the model dies. Ah. Just straight out dies. So do you think that this uh, this amulet is going to be more successful? Yes. You do? Yeah. Well, Whether I can actually use it effectively is obviously a different... <laughs> Well, um, completely different matter. Yeah, I mean, using even the smaller units to the maximum of their ability is, um, is I think it's a it's a challenge in Age of Sigma because I find that the units are very unique and um, the stackable bonuses or the bonuses that you can get from the people around them make a huge difference. So, yeah, I think working out how to use just one unit and then remembering how to do that in the midst of the whole army, I think that's quite a skill. I must just correct myself because it's not. You don't roll a dice for each wound caused. If you are wounded, you roll one dice. So you only get one chance at the five plus thing. Okay. Well, that's a but it's still better. awesome. I mean, it could be, he could fight Archeon and cause one wound and roll a five and then Archeon disappears into the realm of chaos. So. Well, what a shame. The whole world yeah. would cry. Be a good day. <laughs> Having said that, Archeon is a stunning model. And if I'd painted Archeon and he was killed on a five plus, I'd be gutted. <laughs> <laughs> But he is—he is awesome, isn't he? Yeah. And his Varengarder, wow! Oh, I didn't even know they existed. I missed that. I know you did. I that missed hilarious. that. You even were like, "Who makes which company makes those?" Oh, so <laughs> nice. And then found out they're, oh, they're such nice models. They're massive as well. Yeah, love them. They could almost convince me to create Collector Chaos Army. Those models, almost Ooh. the word almost. But uh, I'd I'd think about picking those up just to paint them, frankly, because they are they are stunning models. Yes, amazing. So my goblins had their first run out. Yes, yeah, we saw that. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, they were fun. Loving... Against the corn as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, lo- not mine, but no. some corn. Loving the um, the mob rule where you get plus one to wound if you're over twenty models and plus two if you're over thirty. Absolutely love that. I'm glad. I'm happy for you because, to be honest, when you put yourself through painting like 52 of them in one go, I'm just so happy that there's a rule that gives you some kind of benefit <laughs> for that level of pain. Do, do you want to know the sad thing? I need. I need they another. Died. I need another eight. Oh, but oh. I, yeah, because the um the kind of big mob unit rule um is 60. So 60 of them gives you the cheaper bonus. So. Um, I'm going to have a unit 60, but the extra eight are going to be netters because netters um, really help and you can spread those out. And the rules are so vague. This unit may contain a number of banners and a number of gongs. (laughs) Like, what's. (laughs) You may have netters in this unit. You could actually create a goblin marching band. You could. You could have the whole. That would be amazing. It would be gongs and drums and. Brilliant. Do you know that's actually a really good idea? A marching band to go out the front of the unit. That's um yeah. model some goblins. Because uh, there's there's one there's a model of one with symbols and there's one with pipes as well, isn't there? there From is. back when they did squig they still the squig herder models. They still do good squig herder models. Dude, this is happening. That is gonna happen. 
That is going in my arm. <laughs> I am going to have a goblin marching band. It's decided. Well, I think that that on that note, I'm quite happy to call that a a, a jolly good Mortal Realm segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've um, we've actually just kind of not done half the list. We haven't covered Shadespire at all. Oh well. No. Well. I think that's going to be something if, we can if cover. If you want to know a bit more about our plans for Shadespire and you've not listened to episode 8, go back and listen to episode 8. Yes. A bit of a random plug there, but we talk about what we're going to do for Shadespire. Um, it will be with us by the time we record the next episode, mate, so I think that'd be a great time to talk, talk about Shadespire. I was going to say, we'd do a better job of it when we have it in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't do a great job of, of, of any of anything, but we'll do a better one when it's in front of us. So. <laughs> Rightio, off we go into Hail to the Community. Yep. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you soon. See you later. Welcome back, guys. Um, now it's time to hail to the community. So this is where we go and look around at something in the community that we're excited about Uh and recently we've been trying to visit. So Ben has been to see TT Combat. Um, pop down there. Really, really kind of the guys. Uh, ben managed to get an interview. Somebody actually spoke to Ben for 16 minutes. Oh, mate, I know. I'm but... going to send him a medal, I think, really, mate. <laughs> send him a medal. So, <laughs> so anyway, guys, enough of me wittering on. Um, we'll go over to the interview now. So introductions. So I'm Ben, two peas in the pod, and I'm sat here with Daniel. Yeah. And Daniel is from TT Combat. Indeed. Indeed. So, um, I've just had a look around the place. It's absolutely awesome here. I could um, probably get myself lost just fiddling through all the bits. Um, but I wondered if we could have a chat today about TT Combat, because it's course. a bit of a Cornish success story, really, isn't it? it yeah, it certainly is. We've come on quite a, a long way since our humble beginnings a few years ago. In Nuki. Yeah, so um, the, the company originally started off in the boss's garage about 10 years ago yeah. uh, and developed from there. Uh, and then uh, we're doing, it was originally retail and bits and pieces we did before then. And then we did our own kind of uh, review videos and stuff online, kind of similar to the guys at Beast of War. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, like yeah. It wasn't quite our thing. Uh, and then a few of us were like, oh, mm-hmm. we, we, we do design work. Um, and then the boss was like, oh, we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, got us some software, got us a laser. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we started off doing the bits and pieces. I think that was about four years ago now. And then yeah. in that space, we've developed our range extensively. We've grown um, massively um, in the space of like, a couple of years. Um, to yeah, definitely. To the extent where we've got now like nine machines and uh, six full-time designers and then multiple freelancers and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, MDF scenery is, is, a, is a big thing now, isn't it? And you guys seem to be, it feels like you're one of the first or... Certainly, the first wave of companies to really take it on. Yeah, um, I know when we, we first started looking at it, there, there wasn't much in the way on the market of it, um, and it was just kind of one of those things of oh, we'll try it out, see if it's popular. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, recently, it's just boomed, and yeah. everybody's getting involved in it. Uh, I think we were quite fortunate to have been um, involved so early on to actually get a kind of foothold in it and yeah. become a recognised name. Yeah, because now now your name is recognised. You, yeah. you see sort of comments on 
on Facebook and TT Combat comes up straight away when, yeah. whenever you're talking about MDF scenery. It's um, absolutely wonderful to see all that kind of stuff. I bet it, it is. It makes us very happy kind of seeing how much all of our stuff is in other people's homes and people yeah. playing with it. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, so why MDF? When you were sort of originally thinking about it, what what was that kind of... Um, well, a lot of my um, kind of experience uh, during my kind of design stuff at school and kind of college and stuff like that uh, was relating around MDF and acrylics and stuff like that. So yeah. when the uh, when uh, the Louis was looking at um, kind of going into that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, I know all the, these material things and this stuff, yeah, yeah. and I was able to show what we could make with it. And uh, from then we were like, oh, that, that's a really useful, good material to use. Um, and yeah, we just kind of ran with it and it seems to have done very well. And obviously it's become quite popular with plenty of other companies, so yeah, must have made the yeah. correct decision somewhere. Absolutely, because it's a great kind of um, great kind of framework. for. So even if you're just a, a gamer who doesn't really fancy spending hours on scenery, mm. it's awesome straight out of the box. But then yeah. as a kind of backbone for something larger, it, it's really useful too, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, have you thought of any other materials? Because you know you've got a three D printer kicking around here, and you're doing yeah, resin so, work as well. Uh, we're certainly looking to do some kind of like multimedia projects of um, MDF and acrylic stuff, yeah. um, and uh, resin all in the same packs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with the new industrial stuff, we're looking at the kind of cardboard tubes and stuff that we're getting in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as we progress, we'll be finding more and more kind of materials and stuff that we can use with the machines and yeah. uh, as we kind of develop our own skills um, and kind of develop our knowledge of the area and we'll be experimenting a little more, a bit more um, which is always it's always good fun having a bit of a play around with the materials. Yeah absolutely and research and development rooms are always like completely insane with people just going crazy with what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so where do you guys draw your inspiration because uh, you know you, you You've got a range of scenery. Obviously, some of them are quite obviously drawn from 40k with the gothic stuff, yeah. but and some from Batman. But there's some stuff that seems a little outfield. Where, where do you? Um, so, um, a lot of it we kind of try and run it alongside existing game systems. Yeah. Uh, now that we've got our own game systems, we're able to kind of produce other bits and pieces for that. Mm. Um, like with the Venetian uh, scenery and stuff yeah. like that. There's not really anything else like that. On the and that board yet, looks but, amazing in that room. Yeah, it's it, great. It, it's absolutely wonderful to look at um, and yeah with, with those kind of ranges there wasn't anything out there beforehand and we yeah. needed it for Carnivale so we're like oh we'll, we'll make an entire Venetian range and it proved incredibly popular even before we'd re-released the game and yeah. we're still in the process of kind of getting the Kickstarter of that sorted Yeah, and uh, yeah it's quite popular um, but um, yeah a lot, a lot of the kind of ranges we kind of um, think about what could fit with existing kind of uh, game systems uh, what would be an interesting style to take for mm. them uh, because everyone normally kind of goes with the the same old kind of style of every like for each specific game we were like oh yeah. maybe we'll kind of mix it up a bit and yeah. kind of use it for that and the amount of different things we've seen uh, people using our kind of products for and when games we've never intended them for yeah. Yeah. it's really quite interesting and then that gives us even more ideas and go well if people are using for this why don't we make some bits specifically that kind of fit with that yeah, and it's kind of growing from there. And so we draw on a lot of our kind of nerdier kind of uh, inspirations and aspects, and go, oh, well, I, I remember watching like this program or that. Yeah. It's like we need to make this. Thing. Yes, yeah, and that's often where things come from, isn't it? Those childhood or you know those great films that we enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so I mean, 
You've produced so many products, but is there any one that you're particularly proud of? Um, myself, it would be the Venetian range. Um, the, what, the the one that I'm proudest of hasn't actually been released yet. Oh, right. Uh, okay. It's uh, a, a palazzo, so it's a much larger um, kind of uh, kind of mansion for the for the Venetian range, yeah. which is quite um, quite impressive, um, and hopefully I'm going to get that one out um, within the next uh, few weeks or so um, to kind of go in with the kind of early release. But I think that one's probably the the best one uh, yeah. in my mind. Um, a lot of the kind of the city scenics kind of bits and pieces that I've been doing are, are quite quite uh, favourites of mine as well. Uh, the brown stones and such. I yeah, quite like the idea of a long street. Yes, all them it looks quite nice. I'm a big fan of the theatre slash cinema with the chairs in. I think that's yes, fantastic. Yeah, the Sovereign Theatre. Yeah, I get the feeling that well, when you when you designed that, um, you were obviously intending for models to go inside and use the interior. Yeah. Um, which a lot of gamers don't do, I don't think, and I think it's a shame because yeah, a firefight across the cinema seats is um, you know is quite really iconic, cool. really. Because that, that's that's one of the things we always kind of try to do. Is that although we know a lot of war gamers won't ever use the interior of buildings, yeah. we want to give them the option to, yeah, just absolutely. in case they do want to. And yeah. so we add kind of bits and pieces of that. And as you say, having a firefight across a, a, yeah. a mall or a, <laughs> yeah. a, a theatre is quite cool. Yeah, um, it's one of the things we quite enjoyed when I was making the the galaxy building of it being the massive multi layers going all the way up and having like a swap fight going up the stairs and stuff yeah. like that. That whole concept in my mind's really cool. Yeah, like the the raid the film. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that thing is massive. Yeah. The galaxy. It, it's yeah. a monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in a kind of in a world where you know you you were one of the first companies or um you certainly have a name established now that it's kicking off. Um what do you think makes TT Combat stand out against all of the other companies? I think because we offer um, good quality products uh, that are kind of like very high quality in their detail and stuff like that, but still at quite an affordable price. Yeah, I'd agree with that. One yeah. of the things that we've, we've certainly noticed with uh, a lot of our competitors is that although a lot of them have some very, very beautiful buildings, they are extortionate in their kind of costs, mm. and especially for what the materials are and that kind of stuff. And yeah. With having the inside knowledge uh, and like producing it ourselves, knowing how how much everything costs and this that, and the other, and we're able to produce all of these items to sell it at, at our rates, we're kind of like, how on earth are they able to kind of put those prices on? Because yeah. it just doesn't make sense. So yeah. we we like the idea of having lots of relatively nice pieces that people can just fill their board with and not have to worry about spending loads of money because yeah. obviously they're already spending uh, loads of money in their, their miniatures yeah. and one of the other like having having to buy loads and loads of buildings for mm. about the same amount of money or even more than what you've done on your miniatures people aren't going to be very happy with that that's why quite often you see quite empty tables because they don't yeah. want to kind of fork out the money so I'm a huge fan of Boards stuffed full of scenery. I know yeah. I'm a spaceball fan, so I need the scenery to get. <laughs> yeah, but um, to get up there, to get up there. But I am a big fan of that because, you know, although that said, I'm seeing some new Fallout boards um, where it is very much like that computer game where it's just desolate and then one iconic piece of scenery. Yeah, and you've already got some scenery that. I think is perfect for it, like your Dynagas um, yes. petrol yeah, station. Yeah, that is, took some, some inspiration from uh, the Fallout ones. In yeah, it's, it's almost that. bang on. Yeah, it's bang on the money. And yeah. I think um, you said to me earlier that um, 
you're thinking of doing a new range to, to go on so full out. Yeah, so we're going to be developing like a, a, an entire range. So taking a few of the items from the current City Scenics uh, yeah. and making them more ruined, but then doing a specific set of very Americana kind of style stuff. Uh, we've already got um, some of our freelancers working on some resin accessories and stuff for it as well. So Brilliant. we're going to have quite a collection ready for the release when it comes out. Um, yeah. So it's going to be one of those things that yeah should have a quite a cool... Um, collection and it means to do all the product research I have to play Fallout 4 again so well, it's a shame uh, it's such, a, <laughs> such a terrible burden but I suppose someone has to do it yeah yeah. I suppose that you know at the same time um, there's a re- there's a market almost gagging for that at the moment they, mm. that, the, like I was mentioned in my last podcast there is whole groups of people uh, on Facebook, who are building the boards ready for the game, they're they're super excited about it, and yeah. I'd be well excited if I was working on a project that was, you know, building scenery for it. Yeah, we're we're getting quite excited, getting some concepts uh, put together and stuff like that, uh, and that's going to be the the next big project after we've got our industrial stuff out of the way. It's getting a load of um, Fallout stuff ready to go. Uh, quite looking forward to having a big board uh, all made up and painted and hopefully have that for some of our events and stuff we're going to as well to kind of promote it a bit more so when is the next event you're going to? Uh, the next event is Crisis which we're going to that's a definite one Uh, and we're looking at lots of them for next year we've not got any concrete yet apart from uh, the Salute and the UK Games Expo we're definitely going to those next year uh, but there's a collection of the smaller ones which we're looking at yeah. um, so hopefully we can get get to quite a few of them and kind of show our faces around and kind of make it easier for people to get that kind of stuff from us yeah, and yeah. kind of see absolutely. what we're doing and working on absolutely and I've just had a look at the new um, the new industrial range um, and there's a few people who are excited about it Ian Henderson from um, the table got skirmisher um, yeah, yeah. I, and it's it's much better in person than it is in the photographs. I'm, yeah. I'm worried that my photographs aren't going to do it justice, but it, it's far more detailed than the original set. Yeah, um, and obviously, I can't imagine why you'd be releasing an industrial scenery you know, around this time. Well, a complete coincidence. Yeah, 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 absolutely, without a doubt. And was that a game? Um, we don't even need to mention the name, really. Yeah. But was that a game that you were big into when you were uh, myself? Not so much. Um, I kind of got into the hobby. Um, uh, when I was when all of that kind of moved on it wasn't yeah. until like 2012 or something because yeah. um, despite my position I'm actually still relatively young yeah. to be in it um, but some of the other guys um, especially um, that work here they absolutely adore the game yeah. and it's kind of like they've all said it's their favourite game and yeah. just the fact that we're making scenery stuff for it um, it's a labour of love yeah they're getting so excited about it um, yeah, because everyone here has a kind of interest in wargaming yeah. or kind of that geeky aspect anyway. So to be able to kind of produce those things for the games that they play, yeah, it's just a kind of dream come true for many of them. Yeah, and in fairness, walking around here, if you weren't a wargame fan before you walked in the door, you'd struggle to leave the company yeah. even after a week of working here without well, having some interest. It's happened in a few occasions because obviously we've been kind of uh, branching out and recruiting a lot more recently. Uh, we've had plenty of people coming in that have had no kind of interest in the kind of hobby at all yeah. and they've s- slowly been coming over to the dark side <laughs> and realising that uh, oh this Absolutely. is really cool yeah. and they start picking up things and go this, this, this model's really cool it's like you were never into that a couple of weeks ago yeah yeah but it's but it's cool isn't it it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. like excellent <laughs> and I'm talking about like 
games. You've just acquired Relic, haven't you? Yes, yeah. Um, we kind of uh, got all the kind of bits and pieces sorted for that uh, with Gavin uh, the other day, and that's been kind of successfully transferred over to us now. So we've got all of the, the molds and stuff, so we, mm. can't, we can start producing those bits. Uh, and then we're going to be looking into the kind of development and future of that relatively soon as well. Yeah. So it's quite exciting. Um, it's a very interesting game. Uh, quite quite keen to start producing a few bits for it and uh, even made a, a one of the bits for the scenery range for that as well as kind of a battalion house um, to kind of give everyone that's supported the game so far a little kind yeah. of inclination of what we're planning to do with it because yeah. um, it's another one of those games that doesn't really have a lot of scenery stuff for it already so mm. we want to kind of use our uh, ability to kind of flesh that out a bit more and kind of give people a little more depth to their worlds and the Britannian is uh, are kind of puppet masters with a British feel, aren't yeah, they're, they're, they're the British, British puppets. So there's there's quite there could be potentially quite a lot of crossover between that and something like Blood and Plunder as a scenery range. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what I'm going to be striving to do is to make items that fit the relics world, but also ones that can quite easily yeah. go alongside other ones. Um, and especially with the uh, Britannian stuff, they've got a lot of Georgian aspects to them as well, mm. so that could be quite useful for the games like Malifaux and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of opportunities uh, and crossovers uh, that could be useful. And Rumble Sam. Rumble Sam was something that I only came across by accident, and um, and it was the miniatures that caught me. Yes. Yeah. There's something about an orc in a in a you know Mexican wrestling outfit that just is hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. There, there was not a lot of seriousness that went into kind of the, no, I can the development. That it is a proper just have a laugh kind of game, and as silly as we can make it, mm. it's just amazing. And yeah, having all, all those kind of creatures and stuff in there, um, leotards and kind yeah. of wrestling uniforms, it's just it's rather amusing, uh, and we're. Completely blown away by um, kind of like how popular it is and the kind of people that are getting involved with it and the events and stuff they're holding. Yeah, um, we've had a few of them sent in where they're, they've had their kind of like Rumble Slam championships and they're all dressed up in their own wrestling gear. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Amazing. Is that like a, a prerequisite for being in the tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> you have to wear a leotard and face paint. Yeah. <laughs> well, brilliant. Thank you very much for talking to me. It's been um, great. Nice to speak to you, Nelson. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. It's brilliant. So, Ben, I know you really, really enjoyed that, didn't you? I did. Oh, it's such a cool place um, going into somewhere like TT Combat where, um, you know, the moment you walk in the door, there's all the machinery going away and there's just stacks of the cuts of MDF ready to be packaged and sent off. And um, and then you go past that kind of industrial area and into the shelf after shelf after shelf of product in their in their warehouse. It's like, this, this is... <laughs> If I get locked in a building in the apocalypse, this one, <laughs> <laughs> this building right here. Um, yeah, I had a, a great look around. They've got, um, got a nice little setup down there and I was made very welcome and, uh, I really, I did really enjoy it. Got to see some of the stuff they were up to. Oh, that's great. And to be honest, like I had heard of TT Combat before. Yeah. Um, but not done a lot of looking around and I've been on their website a few times since you went and spoke to them and oh my goodness. Yeah. What a range. Yeah, they what really an incredible do. incredible range. Like, they've got so much stuff. Um, price points are fantastic. Um, they've obviously now got Relic and... Yeah, they've got uh, three games. Relics, yeah. I think it's called. Carnival, yep. is it? Yep, Carnival. And Rumble Slam. Yep. 
I think Rumble Slam is their own, isn't it? They they made that themselves. They did. They made uh, Rumble Slam themselves. Yeah. Did that through Kickstarter, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's quite the hobby page, to be honest. It's getting there. They've just introduced um trees as well, so they're expanding. Yeah, they're, some of those trees are stunning. They're different as well. Yes. That's what's quite cool about those trees. They're different. Uh, yeah. They're in that Ven- Venetian range. Yes. Yeah, so the Venetian Venetian range is really interesting. And um, talking to the guys there is probably the product range that they're most excited about because um, there wasn't. Well, he mentions, doesn't he? You asked him what's he most proud of. Yeah. And he said that range, didn't he? Well, absolutely. Because I think the thing about it is that. Um, there wasn't anything like it out there before. So he, you know, they had to literally start it from scratch. And, um, when we, when this in episode comes out, I'll post all the pictures of their, of their Venetian board that they're working on, um, to showcase Carnival. And dude, it was so good. Um, and such a, a, a an interesting kind of place to play a model game because, because it's Venice, you've got all of those waterways dividing up the areas. So, if you're isolated on one little kind of island and the rest of your group is somewhere else, you're in trouble, big trouble, because there's only certain entry points. So it creates a really cool um, like battlefield for you to, to play across. And the models they've made are really, really nice. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's something that they're supporting quite a lot. And, of course, now they're looking into the product range that they just released, the new industrial stuff got to see that on the table and the pictures don't do it justice mate it's so intricate um so versatile and so big some of i mean that oil rig platform is big ace yeah ace absolutely it's brilliant massive, that, isn't it? um i can't imagine what game that they were <laughs> planning that for no, um, no. but it... I, some of the things that i didn't so i always i knew they did mdf yep um but i didn't know that they did like resin bits yeah absolutely the fuel dump yes. the little fuel dump they do that is amazing yeah it is that's really cool and um and i really like i said to you before the show i really like their uh trench system thing yes they've got and we, we um, crossed this just earlier didn't it's we? Got, yeah well i so i really like the plastic one that games workshop do with the exception that it because it's got all the dead guardsmen all over the front of it yes um because it's gothic and all the rest of it it's just more stuff to paint yeah. to get your scenery on the table isn't it yeah um, yeah absolutely and and i love you know i was looking at it and i was like well to be honest probably with a spread air gun and some sponge work and that would be done Yes, yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things I spoke to Daniel about in the interview is that um, MDF is a really good foundation point for you to just work on. So you can you can just have it, you can build it, spray it, whatever colour you want, and it's done, essentially. Um, or you can use it as the kind of skeleton to, to, to make something really exciting out of. Um, and some of their kits, like those... Like those um, trench works are just exactly like that. Really, really kind of versatile, I think. So it wouldn't take a... I think I got a bit excited earlier, didn't I? Because I realised they had a monorail. Yes. Yeah, they do. And I've bought... Um, uh, actually, I got for Christmas from Joe. Uh, the raised roadway. Um, oh, with yeah. the slipway. Because I wanted to... I wanted to recreate some of the fallout stuff 
which leads a nice lead on here, but recreate some of the fallout scenes from the game where you had the raised road, um, or you would have little skirmishes up there, and you know this kind of a separate kind of multi-level to the to the gaming environment. And yeah. of course, now Fallout's come out; it's perfect, and um, and they're talking about um, increasing that kind of Americana range for Fallout too. So really exciting, really exciting stuff. Uh, one of the things I found really interesting looking into TT Combat before I went to speak to them, and then being there, is they've got they've got really big vision. So there doesn't seem to be anything that they're not willing to have a shot at doing if it crosses their mind. And I'd like mm. to draw people's attention to the galaxy building. That <laughs> that thing is massive. Um, and when Daniel was talking about it, he was talking about when he designed it, he liked the idea of SWAT teams moving up the stairwells. Yeah, that sounded amazing. It is literally that big, dude. It is it's so good. It is absolutely brilliant. And the price is they not... They even do traffic cones. They do. And garbage bags. And just mattresses. And a duff sofa. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, really... I'm just looking like the gothic ruins as well. Yeah. Oh, my days. Yeah, really, really exciting. And so TT Combat, um, if for people who don't know, are a sort of part of the company of Troll Traders. Um, and Troll Traders started uh, in Newquay and ended up with a shop front just down the road from Games Workshop Truro. Um, it's now a comic book stop, which I've, I may be wrong, but I believe is associated with them in some way too. But it isn't the Troll Trader shop anymore. And um, and then they've moved on to you know doing the scenery and various other things as well. Um, so I'm expecting big things from them in the future, really, if they keep going the way they are. Um, a cert- oh, mate, it's amazing. Uh, a cert- it? Certainly it's really cool really to have good. them just down the road from us, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to I'd like to take a moment to to talk about Rumble Slam because it's something that <laughs> I just can't get over orcs and dwarves in spandex. <laughs> it's such a stupid <laughs> idea, but it is so good. And um and the models are fab. I'm seeing them on the shelf, the resin models, they are really, really cool. And um there's a whole range of weirdness in that Rumble Slam. Rumble Slam category. It's well worth a look if you've not done it already. I I am just actually just looking through, and yeah, it's <laughs> and going back to what we were talking about last week, uh, last episode about um off just pick off the shelf games. So something to have yes. in the boot of your car if you've got, you know, haven't managed to organise a full game of of a larger system. Rumble Slam is another one. You know, I think those games are a really good idea. Um, yeah, and this one's got a lot of character to it, a lot of fun. Yeah, look, it looks great. And to be honest, it I'm just so it's so nice of them just to, uh, you know, for you to be able to go in, do a little interview, have a chat, made feel made to feel welcome. It's just that's just ace, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So, um, otherwise for community, we got anything else that's come across our radar? Oh, there's always loads of stuff community-wise, isn't there? We've um, seen some fantastic models on Twitter and Instagram. We're trying to be a bit more active on there. So that's been great to see. And some really good models of the day keep popping up. Yeah, um, it's certainly not hard to good. find a model of the day. No, no, it certainly isn't. There's some wonderful stuff out there. Um, so I think one one group that I'd like to give a shout-out, because I think... Um, 
I've been really inspired by how active they are and how positive they are. Is the Old Hammer Community? It's a Facebook page called the Old Hammer Community. Yeah. Um, they share and talk about anything that anything that any of their members classifies as Old Hammer. Um, so if you're a new player, an Old Hammer to you is sort of sixth edition. That's fine. Um, if you're slightly longer in the tooth and Rogue Trader is your Old Hammer, that's great. Yeah. They're all in there. Um, great community, really friendly people in there. So um, just want to. Sort of give a shout out to them and head on over if you fancy seeing some more retro stuff because I'm you do love your retro stuff. I do love my retro stuff. Yeah, it's where it comes from though. It's it's literally the heart of the hobby. Um, those old models. I mean, when you think about it, if you take an example, you've been scratching away at your Imperial Space Marine in the background, and that model, that first model, created everything to do with space marines they all came from that um and i think that there's something incredibly special about that kind of first thing you know the seed um it's probably a very technical way of describing the heart of that kind of expansion but um i don't know it but that that kind of first model i think that's really special when you think about the first orc models and those early imperial guard models and the first inquisitor models they're all they're just fab absolutely fab yeah they are yeah, so old old hammer community strongly recommend that one. Excellent. Well, it's getting on, man. So shall we go into the wilds? Yeah, are you ready this time? Usborne, ready. Right, guys, we'll uh, we'll catch you in the wilds. Hi guys, welcome back to Into the Wilds. Um, Dan's uh, strapped on his adventuring suit and we're going to head out into the wasteland and talk <laughs> about Fallout um, because they've announced their pre-order um, the last couple of days and um, I'm, as you can probably imagine, pretty excited about it. Um, and it looks everything as awesome as I hoped it would be, Dan. I'm glad you like it, mate. I, I've been flicking through the miniatures today and um, they do look fantastic. Anyway, yeah. even for someone that doesn't know a great deal about about Fallout itself, I particularly I said to you before we started the Rad Scorpions. Yes, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah, that would yeah. frighten the bejesus out of me, to be quite honest. Yeah, and in the game, they're um, the giant Rad Scorpion is is terrifying when you're first starting out. It, it just do you so easily. But yeah, I'm really really impressed with the the range of what they've released. Um, I'm really impressed with the fact that there's stuff in there that I didn't hadn't seen before, so they've kept some things to themselves. Perhaps other people have seen them. Um, and I wouldn't and look mind at that talk- cool car as well, called Sedan. That's yeah, brilliant. They're all nuclear-powered. Nuclear-powered cars? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are <laughs> nuclear-powered, yeah. Um, so... Let's Whoa. talk about the starters kit. There's, there's two starters kits. Um, they've released... Um, and it's difficult to know what to make of this, really, because it's using a medium that I'm not sure I know very well. So one of them, 60 quid. It's the Wasteland Warfare two-player starters kit. Um, and in that box set, you get a really nice range of models. So um, some models that I'm really glad they've put in, uh, including the guy in Power Armor, because um, I think Power Armor is so fundamental to the 
to the Fallout universe. To not have it in there would be a bit daft. Um, there's a bunch of um, super mutants in there. Um, there's a Deathclaw in there, which is fabulous. Um, there's a couple of survivor models, um, and a dog, and a few other things. Um, that is made out of what they describe as hardened PVC. Um, so if anyone knows what hardened PVC models are like, um, then I'd really like to hear about that. Um, I might be being completely stupid, and the grey plastic that we all know and love might be hardened PVC. <laughs> In which case, I'm going to sound like a complete fool. Um, but I would love to know what that is about. Um, the other box set is in resin, £69, so £10 more expensive, and you don't get the Deathclaw. Um, so I really would like to see an example of the resin versus the, the PVC plastic, mm. because that that could be... The Deathclaw is a significant model, I think. They are the ultimate kind of wasteland gribbly um, that can very easily just tear you to pieces. So um, I think it's, it's cool to have that in the box set, and without it, Maybe missing something. So if the PVC is any good, I think I'd probably go for that one, Dan. Yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose what? the difficulty is that the miniatures shown are presumably are the, the ones that they've created on the computer. They're the digital sculpts. They? They're the yeah. digital sculpts. So you can't... Judge it, really. No. I, To be honest... Is the grey plastic card in PVC? See, I think it is, but... I'm very conscious that <laughs> lots of people will be listening until I'm certain. Um, it's, that's just a funny way to say it, though, isn't it? It is. and It's diff- it's odd to describe it, unless, unless what they're trying to make the difference is, because obviously you get some board games you get miniatures in, don't you? That, but they're made out of a different type of plastic that's maybe not as good on the quality. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe they're trying to say no, it's not that, or yes, it is. I d- I don't know. I don't know until we see some actual examples. Um, yeah, I mean it's difficult, isn't it? Because I'm not sure we're going to see any examples until the games come out or closer to, closer to when the games come out. But um, yeah, there's some other cool stuff in there. Um, I wanted to highlight if you've got a second. Yeah. Um, um, so one of the other things I'd like to highlight is the um, is the red rocket petrol station down oh yeah i've just been looking at that yeah so the red red rocket petrol station in in the game is uh is the it's one of the first locations you come across and ends up being kind of your base of operations um and it's done in that wonderful kind of retro americana feel um and going back to tt combat they make a very nice gas station called diner gas um which is was inspired by fallout and so is as it happens, a very good piece of scenery for Fallout. But um they've gone with um they've gone with a cardboard scenery for this and we were talking about that the other day. because um, we quite like the way that those cardboard but those cardboard battlefields look, don't we, Dan? Yes. Um but we had have had some thoughts and concerns about how how tough it would be. Um how much it would stand up to being taken apart and put back together. Because the battle systems, who are the guys that make this make some really nice 2 by 2 per section boards, absolutely stuffed full of things um, that you can then pack away into a very small box. So it would be really cool for something like role-playing or um, a skirmish game, like Necromunda, for example. Um, but if you keep getting that kind of stuff in and out of the box, my Games Workshop cardboard scenery, admittedly a lot thinner, is knackered now. Yeah. Absolutely knackered. Um, 
Well, that was kind of our only concern. But looking at this red rocket one, I don't know what you think, dude, but I think it looks great. Yeah, it does. It looks it looks very good, mate. It looks very um, good. It's complemented with some resin bits of scenery, like the rocket, um, the petrol pumps, a few other bits and pieces, like the vending machine. Um, and so I'm quite excited about that. Again, it looks like something you could just use as the as the skeleton to you know make a better version of it or in a tight. It's up funny, a bit. and I and I expect um, to be sort of laughed at a bit for this comment because I pay a lot of money for pla- models made out of plastic. But I think it just bothers me <laughs> paying sixty pounds for cardboard. So that box set sixty pounds is you get a gaming map, um, you get the petrol station, and you get the resin oh, yeah, accessories. So that's that's not too bad, I don't think. Um, and it is a it is a kind of starter's terrain pack in a box. So I love were. the Brotherhood of Steel. I've decided. Yes, the Brotherhood of Steel. Possibly are because they've got the most similarities to other things that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're um. So the Brotherhood of Steel are the last remnants of a small section of the yeah. U.S. military, and um, they've made it their objective to secure all advanced technologies and to try and make sure it stays out of the wrong people's hands and to make sure that it's preserved for future human use. Um, They have a very different feel every time you come across them. So in Fallout 3, they're very much about they're saving all this technology for the good of mankind, whereas in Fallout 4, um, they're very, very, very ideological um, and they have no time for other people having any of the technology, any other people at all, because they don't trust anybody. Um, it's a very hard line um, and very difficult to get on board with because in the other incarnations of them, they've been the good guys. And when you play in the, in the fourth one, you're a bit like, nah, these guys aren't so clear cut anymore. And that's one of the things I loved about Fallout is that the characters are always grey. I found in Fallout 4. So there's not a clear black and white. There's no good and bad. Even bad guys, you can understand what their motivations were. And some of the good guys, some of the things they do, you're like, really? You you did that? Really? Um, And I hope that transfers across into the miniatures game. Because, um, yeah, because that would be really cool. But the Brotherhood of Steel have got some ace models. I've lost kind of count of how many of the... um, how many different versions of the guys in power armor they've got? I also quite the robots are quite interesting. Looks, yes, so robots are a big thing in Fallout. Uh, they work everything from a butler to the military robots, so they're quite cool. Um, and they have a really unique kind of. So, do the robots have their own faction as well? Because I can see here there's a Brotherhood of Steel, and he's got um like a little robot follower. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so those kind of probe things are kind of just followers, um, like information drones or scanning units. Um, they don't have their own faction, the robots. They're just kind of things that exist kicking around that are still working after the apocalypse. Ah. Um, but, of course, some some robots are patched up and used by different groups, like the raiders. Um, which I have noticed there isn't a Raiders pack, actually, now I've said that, um, which is a There's bit of a shame. There's some radioactive containers and here, and one of them, and it comes with like a little spillage, which is being eaten by a rad roach. Ha! Yeah. 
So, no, I don't think there is. There's no Raiders yet. So that'll be something for the future. So, interestingly, because obviously now we've got a um, bunch of guys, hello to you all, uh, over in the States. So this site is all in pounds sterling. So is this yeah. release? Oh, no, you can change it up the top. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah, you can go to your... Yeah. Because obviously Fallout's a massive thing, isn't it? All over the place. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah, yeah. One of the most popular um, uh, computer game franchises there is, I think. Oh, my be fair goodness. To say. This company, Modifius, do loads of stuff. Yeah, they do a Star Trek game, too. Really cool. Yes, I've noticed. <laughs> and Thunderbirds. Do they do Thunderbirds? Yeah. Oh, Thunderbirds board game. The little game. blood claw's gonna love that. And there's a there's a Tracy Island expansion. Shush. <laughs> oh, what have you found? No, you carry on because we're doing Fallout. But I'm getting excited. <laughs> they do like little miniatures that can go in the Thunderbirds game. Ooh. I'm distracted a bit now. But that's <laughs> cool. So, <laughs> so one final thing that I really liked was they've done a set of the bottle caps. Yes. So. In Fallout, yeah, in Fallout, the bottle caps are the currency. So the fact that you can buy for twelve pounds um, a pack of bottle caps is absolutely brilliant, ha. and that's just going to be ace. That's the sort of things that um, that is really going to excite Fallout, Fallout oh players, my Fallout goodness fans. Me, wait a minute. Should we just do a whole segment on the dishes? <gasps> oh my goodness, dude. <laughs> I can what buy a found? set that is oh wow the next generation crew they've got Data Picard Worf they've done hell of a job at making them look like who they are Riker yeah. Yeah. Troy Doctor Crusher's in there Tasha Yar oh and Geordie <laughs> LaForge mate this is amazing <laughs> this is amazing and there's a Romulan strike team. Oh, and the original bridge crew. Oh, look at the Klingons! Oh my goodness! <laughs> they look amazing! Oh, is that Gowron? Oh my... Oh! They're awesome! Yeah. So, looking at the Star Trek ones is what's got me really hopeful about how the, the Fallout models are going to be. Yeah! Because they are fab. Oh my days, man! There's a Star Trek Adventures Borg Cube Collector's Edition. <laughs> oh, and it comes, it's like a cube, and then you open it, and it's got all the books in. It's only £400. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Well, that's gone a little bit off topic. No, it hasn't. It's great. But that is, well, that that's a role-playing game. Oh, my goodness. There's not enough time. What have you done, Ben? How dare you? Sorry, mate. Oh. Oh, no. The Fallout. <laughs> to track you back. <laughs> the Fallout pre-release, um, if you spend over £120 in the pre-order, um, you'll get one of the first special event miniatures, um, New Coca-Cola Girl. So if you're interested in that, um, and they do other pre-order um, rewards too, um, I'm hoping to get the set for Christmas. Um, hey. cause, yeah, Have you cause been dropping hints? Ne- hints? No clear instructions written yeah, on a piece to be of honest, paper. Hints print- don't work. <laughs> they just don't work, do they? You just end up with all sorts no. of stuff. Um, so, yes, that's that's unfortunately come at a very similar time to Necromunda. So, oh. 
I know. But anyway. Mind you, well, no. Thing is, right, I know it might not fit, but as in respect of having an engaging game, using the Fallout scenery in Necromunda wouldn't be a million miles away from interesting, would it? No. Um, No, it wouldn't. And there's a lot that you could cross over very, very easily. Um, There's the odd one or two things that you couldn't. Um, I think uh, the Red Rocket petrol station might look a little weird in Necromunda. Yes. But um, there is certainly a lot of the kind of fallout, rubbly kind of stuff you could use. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of crossover, I think. Oh, sweet goodness me. (laughs) What have you found out? Have you seen the character sheet for this Star Trek adventure game? No. It looks like the flipping control console from one of the Enterprise <laughs> D. It's so good. Oh, oh my goodness. So we've led Dan into the worlds. Um, he's gone insane and just walked off into the distance. <laughs> Mavis, I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh my days. Well. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say we're both pretty excited about something to do with Medivius, <laughs> whether or not it's Fallout or Star Trek. Um, definitely worth going and having a look, guys. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, <laughs> I think we better end it there. On that bombshell. <laughs> um, so really important, guys. As we've said, we are trying to get involved um, on Twitter, putting stuff out there for you guys to see. Also, Instagram. Also, obviously, Facebook. Uh, next episode, episode 10, we find out who's won a start collecting box set, and we do expect to see pictures. Um, massive thank you from me uh, and Ben, really, for all the support. We love doing it. We hope you love listening. Ben, anything left to add, mate? No, just um, if you find us at um, at the 2Ps podcast, um on Twitter uh, and Instagram, as it happens. Um, and how, you know, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to throw back at us, like correcting us as to what plastic is Games Workshop use, um, <laughs> that that kind of stuff, give us a shout, have a chat. We'd love to hear from you. Ace, well, there's one thing left for me to say. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs>